What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? Youth development. It's a popular concept in sports today. Many people claim to be involved in some form of youth development, but not everybody is sincere about it. Some are in it just for the money. And believe me, there's a lot of money in it. A report in 2017 stated that youth sports is a $15 billion industry. That's billion with a B. Fortunately, not everyone is in it for the cash. Today's guest, Ron Davis Sr., is a former professional football player who is dedicated to youth development. Not for the money he can earn from it, but for the difference he can make in the life of a young person. I'm Jeff Fennell. And I'm talking today with Ron Davis on the subject of youth development right here on Sports 360. Well, I'm pleased to have today on Sports 360, Ron Davis. Uh, Ron is the president of Davis Integration Group, and he's also the designer of the Optimum Prep USA Student Athlete Development Program. It's a program that creates opportunities for youth through physical and educational development. Over the past five years, Optimum Prep uh, has been active in 17 states and has impacted 2,000 kids per year. Uh, Ron, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. It's good to be here with you, Jeff. I'm glad to have you. I'm glad to have you here because, you know, Ron, for me, uh, as someone that has spent a little time in sports, you know, I I have a keen interest in anyone who is spending any meaningful time developing youth, right? And and not just as athletes, but as, as people. And I know that's part of the programming that you have in place. And I look forward to talking with you about your efforts in in that regard. Um, So I'm glad to have you here today. But before we talk about all the great things that you're doing with your programming, I'd like, you know, to spend a little bit of time talking about you and your background, Um, you know, so that, that, that those who are listening in today get to know a little bit about you, your former professional athlete. And so why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself and including your athletic background? Okay. Well, yeah, I um, I got my start um, at, out of Kansas. I, I graduated high school and and uh, did was two sport athlete. Uh, well, really, it was three sport athlete, but I was um, all I was consistent in uh, basketball, football. Uh, did track, was all state as a freshman, and then I just kind of stopped doing track. I don't know what happened, but I wish I would have stayed with it um, at the end of the day because of the the things that that sport gives you. But being able to go forward, go to college, um, I was an all-conference JUCO standout, and then I went on to uh, uh, Alabama State University and uh, got a lot of growth, got a lot of learning there. Um, didn't get any accolades or any awards, but um, I got tons and tons of experience, uh, both athletically and culture-wise, coming from Kansas down to, to Alabama. Uh, and then jumped up. Uh, I, I Went through the process for a couple of years trying to get into the pro uh, ranks and uh, finally got an arena opportunity out in uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana. Um, 
took that in stride, played the next year out in Georgia, and then I got opportunity to go up to um, British Columbia in Canada. Uh, practice squad opportunity didn't do a whole lot like I wanted to, but of course, you know, it's a process of learning um, how to maneuver through that uh, that vessel. And then I uh, went back and forth between arena and uh, and Canadian. Uh, did a couple of private workouts with the NFL, and then boom, I was I was I had enough. <laughs> Like I, lit- I literally had enough. Um, the business isn't for me, you know. It was something I dedicated myself to. I held it really high in my life of uh, doing everything that they said that you needed to do, but not necessarily understanding all of the curves and the avenues that, that's inside of that entire world. And a lot of people don't know just because mm-hmm. you have to go through that process. So sports was everything. And luckily, Right when I got my pro opportunity, I, I had really started indulging in youth activity. And at that time, I was just helping kids get better athletically. But as I did more business and as I started learning more about all the stuff that was going on, I started to really take a different feel towards the the kids coming up behind me, um, all of my youth camps and activities that I would do in my local community and stuff. And I, I just completely changed the, I guess you could say, the business model. I, I, mm. It had it had to have more than just sports, right? So, so Ron, let me ask you. I mean, between arena football and and, and Canadian League football, how many years did you end up playing professionally? Four, four. Um, it was four long years. My first year was just arena. I actually got in in the middle of it, and then the last three, um, I was real active between the two and and during this four-year period as you were playing you were also uh, involved in some youth development efforts most definitely honestly uh, I put so much time in traveling and trying to just make myself noticeable in the in that football world that once I got in it was really just about okay now I can finally do something that I really want to do and uh, my first youth event, I was 17 years old. I got picked to play uh, basketball in, in uh, Hawaii for this, this special event or whatever that they had through state to state. And so I needed to raise money so that I could make that two three $3,000 trip at, at that time. And I uh, threw a youth event. Man, I had, had a great time, and, and that moment, it kind of stuck with me. So I kind of had already had a feel of what I wanted to do. I just didn't know in what way it was going to come. So that's interesting. So it, it because you were at, at at seventeen, you had this benefit. I'm going to call it a benefit. You were a beneficiary of a youth uh, development program, um, and in some ways, it sounds like that was instrumental in planting a seed for you to do likewise for others, um, uh, other youth, and Most definitely. Most definitely. and so and so you. You're doing some form of youth programming during your four years uh, of professional football. Um, but then when you stopped playing football, how old were you? You were, what, 26, 27? Uh, 28. Oh, 28. 28. Okay. Yeah. You're 28. And, and is is that the time when you um, started your company, Davis Integration Group? No, no. Actually, I started DIG before I got into the plane. Um, when I came out, I came out during the lockout. And, man, that was, that was, it was like a Cold War. 
you couldn't get into anything to do your your pro days or your private workouts because it was locked down. So uh, I spent my time um, training and working at a gym facility. I didn't like it. As a matter of fact, I hated it. But I learned so much because I had a manager position. And so that was kind of my, my gateway into working for myself. And I started my own little um, training company, uh, got a building, did that for two years, and then I got into the, the pro activity. And I just kind of went ahead and focused on everything that I kind of worked on for a while inside of my business and did it in between. So I'm in the off season. I'm working with kids. I'm working with different forms of clientele in the health and wellness world. And then when it's football, I'm all football. And uh, there was a lot of lessons learned in there, both business and athletically in that time period. Mm -hmm. So take us through, Ron, if you could, your programming. Give us a little, you know, a little better idea of, you know, what your programming consists of. And if you want to take us back to the the beginnings and give us a little bit of the evolution, that's fine too. But just give us a little bit of, a little bit of detail on, on the, youth development programming that you have in place? Right. Well, my, my interest started my senior year. I, I had my son. Um, I had him. He was born in January 29th. Uh, so I had a boy. And then the, after that, I signed um, for college to go and play football. Well, I ended up coaching uh, a basketball team that summer. Basketball is my first love, man. I just, it's just the thing that I love uh, about being competitive. And um, I just started working with kids then. And, you know, as we, as I started to develop personally, like as a man, as a father, as an athlete and things of that nature, um, it was just that one thing that I always enjoyed doing. Like if, if we were in college, I'm trying to go work with the kids whenever we do different things uh, in the community. Um, after I got into the pro world, it was like, okay, how can I help these kids? Because I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have anybody talking to me. My, all my family is women. Um, I'm the oldest. You know, the, the whole things were stacked up against me as far as, like, who is going to help me develop. And so as I got into that, um, the pro thing just gave me a little bit more time and opportunity to kind of, you know, dabble in it, start doing more research, start reading. Um, trying to apply myself and go forth further and volunteer in certain communities whenever I became uh, part of those teams. And so when I got done, I was it was one of those personal moments. Uh, I won a championship uh, out in the arena. Kind of felt like the business of football wasn't going to, you know, really give me that opportunity to get in there. So I took the next two years after that, so from 16 all the way until last year, um, well, early six, the whole 16 and all of 17, I started traveling. Uh, I visited uh, roughly 50, 56 cities in that two-year span. I went to police departments. I went to city halls. I went to different um, school districts. And, you know, I just wanted to, I wanted to learn, man. I wanted to know. And the only thing that I could do to, to further my knowledge of what kids were literally going through was to show up to these places. And somebody, and I'm telling you, not all of these places spoke with me. Every police department didn't want to sit up here and have a conversation. Um, school districts, they didn't want to sit up here and, and allow, you know, this random person, no matter what, um, whatever I had to present to them or a little documentation, 
And so for me to really gain knowledge, I had to experience these areas, maybe go and visit nonprofit groups. And after I did that two-year span of going to these cities and learning, um, it, it, it just it, it's like a business plan. The, the program itself just kind of uh, meticulously put itself together, started meeting different groups and networking and just kind of getting a feel for the corporate world. And um, slowly but surely, it started to make sense on what it was I was doing. Mm-hmm. And what I needed to do or what I could control, should I say, what I could control to help put that in execution. So you did a lot of legwork, a lot of, a lot of, you, you immersed yourself in trying to find out. It sounded like you were trying to assess what was going on with, with, with youth and, and some of the needs before you started to then really execute you know, your and develop your programming. So so now you do that homework and then and then what? So how did that now manifest itself into the programming that you're doing now? File and error. Um you know, it, it's deeper than rap as they say, because it wasn't just about kids. You know, it wasn't at this time, maybe two years ago, social media was not as crazy as it is today. But that two-year span, it was still important. So, you know, trying to be able to um, not only develop myself, but we're talking about communities. We're talking about uh, head coaches of uh, little league, high school, junior high. Um, you, you have, without kids, whoever's in charge of that kid, whoever's overseeing that kid, that's normally the influencer. So, if you uh, are in any type of community and you try to offer yourself to help, the first thing that some people tend to do is feel offended, as if, why do you think I need help? And that's one of the things that's tough about school districts, and that's tough about anybody that's overseeing children. They feel like they were put in that position to solely be the person to, I guess, uh, make everything happen. And with kids, I think you got to have multiple ways to swing at them. You know, they say in the village, uh, and when – Normally, people say the village, they're talking about family. And in our society, it's not like that anymore, or, or it's not like that at all. It, it, it's Instagram, it's Facebook, it's uh, social media, it's those athletes that are, um, you know, the million-dollar folks that are on TV all day. That's that's really the, the meat and potatoes of it. So the approach was just different. Man, every, every single aspect of what um, I thought was going to be uh, productive was just completely wiped out. And then I just kind of had to take things as they came, whether it was through the youth or through the adults. It, it just always became something that wasn't going to be clear on how to make it actually come to fruition. Okay. So now, but, but now take us through though, you know, cause again, just trying to get a sense of what you offer. So what, what do you have a combination of workshops, physical activities, mentorship programs? What are the types of things that, you now have in place um, for um, the youth? So we, we mentor the youth, uh, bringing in different athletes, whether they went to college. Um, a majority of them, if not all of them, have some type of volunteer uh, activity in their personal life, uh, corporate activity or some type of job that they work, whether they're an entrepreneur or they work for an organization. Uh, I think mentorship is a big one because that's really uh, – I'm only one person. And the one thing that I knew was that we were, there were other people out there like me that wanted to help. So mentorship was definitely first. Athletically, we really focus on the, the, the person. So I don't do 
do basketball. I don't do football. It's, it's all about athleticism. Being able to transfer those skills from one sport to the next. And um, I think, you know, as a former multi, multi-sport athlete, I enjoyed it, especially being able to dominate that type of stuff. You know, you go from sport to sport to sport, getting rings and getting championships. You know, you, your opportunities are, are a lot more um, broad opposed to just, oh, I can only play basketball or I can only, you know, do this. So mm-hmm. being athletic is very, very important in, in what we seek to offer. And then, of course, the basics. Um, educationally, I, I paid attention to a lot of things. I was able to sit in a lot of different classrooms with different age groups, from uh, your, your two- and three-year-olds all the way up to your high school kids. And the, when you're in elementary, that, that, that range of, of ability is so broad nowadays. Teachers have a kid in third grade, or a third grade teacher has uh, kids that are on the first grade level, and then they have kids in there that are on the fifth and sixth grade level. And uh, one person can't possibly put all of that stuff into one, uh, one delivery where everybody will understand it. So we try to really focus on the basics. Let's make sure that every kid can read, write, and count before we try to push STEM and some of these other elite programs on them or at least put it in their, in their, in their area because they're not going to be able to do it. They already struggle with the basics. You know, I think it, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's about 52% of eighth graders in public schools this year failed math and reading. Uh. I think it was either 52 or 53, but they, they both math and reading. So it's like, you know, we, if, if we have other resources that can give a child at least the basic knowledge and it make it fun for them to want to be involved with that. They want to go and, and, and do the education just as much as they want to do the athletic activity, that's that's the goal that we uh we set out to 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 accomplish. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you said a, a few interesting things there on 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 the on the athletic side. So you, you're not trying to develop sports specific talents or abilities. The focus is on athleticism. I don't know if I really have heard that before. I mean, you know, we, we live in a, in an age right now where we have specialization. We have it on the youth side, we have it in, in college and we have it in the pros where, you know, uh, players and athletes are become specialists. Uh, we have a lot of youth who only are playing one sport and we have those who are concerned about youth saying that that's not necessarily good for for young people. Um, so it's, 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 it's interesting and it's refreshing to hear you talk about, well, we focus on athleticism because if, you know, there are certain things you're going to need to be able to, to do as an athlete, no matter what sport you play. And so it sounds like you focus on developing those types of things. So that's an interesting approach. I believe it brings out the, the creativity or the uniqueness of a child. It probably does it for an adult also, but, you know, for what I focus on, I think that um, pigeonholing a kid when they turn 10 and all they can do is this and, and, and all they're ever going to be able to understand is this, that, that's not a good, that doesn't say the future is going to be very uh, opportunistic. And my mom gave me a lot of free reign to try stuff, you know, so I played the baseballs and the basketballs and the footballs, but then I, you know, I don't know what it was from where I grew up, but soccer, rugby, lacrosse, none of that stuff was ever thrown at me, you know. And, and I'm, now that I'm grown, I, I'm like, man, I missed out on being on the pitch. I like soccer. You know, FIFA comes around and we all, 
we all we all change the fact that we don't watch certain sports on a consistent basis, but then when it becomes one of those type of events, then I'm I'm all in. So, you know, for me, I don't I wouldn't want any other kid to miss out on on that. You know, you you don't know what it feels like to win a championship, hit a game winner, catch a game winner, do those type of things unless you get to go and experience them. So for me, I got to experience those type of things. And um I even think if you look at some of the the uh, analysts out there nowadays, multi-sport kids, they they get drafted higher. Right. I mean, they're, they're you're right, and you know, I I do a lot of work in baseball, as you know, and you know they the multi-sports kids are getting drafted, and then when someone is playing, when you have a player who's playing the sport in baseball, for example they want players who can play multiple positions, right? Multiple infield positions, play a little bit of infield and outfield. So, you know, uh, versatility is, 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 you know, does have a value. And, and certainly uh, that needs to be, you know, developed and encouraged. It is. And, and it, starts at, it starts at home. It also starts at school. Um, I consider home and school just as powerful as one another. Because a kid is spending what eight, nine, maybe ten hours a day at school, uh, what research is about six to potentially eight hours at home, uh, the way things work nowadays. And so, you know, being versatile is is, is a big deal for a child to uh, to to promote themselves quicker. You know, kids are playing early, especially if you go to a prep school, uh, not just athletically, but opportunity to be an entrepreneur is now here. At 10, mm-hmm. You know, so if we're if we're sitting up here and we're only showing, hey, you can only do this. How many realtors do you know that that is all they do is real estate? You know, it's like I got there's a, so much opportunity out here nowadays. I don't want any. I would I, it would be a disservice to only focus on being a, a left fielder or being a catcher. You know, when I can make myself valuable, more and more valuable, just because I'm uh, touching each part of my talents. Sure. Now, what about on the on the academic side? You know, you you had mentioned earlier the emphasis on the basics. How do you deliver that? Are you working in conjunction with teachers in the local schools? Are you working with independent educators? I mean, how, how do you deliver those basics to the young people who are part of your program? Um, as of right now, it's been through other uh, local private individuals, um, different private organizations. Um, working with schools, when you start trying to do those type of things, it's very difficult. And all that other stuff that's going on, that's why I think I said at the beginning, society has so much over the kids because of all the things that are going on in the world. But educationally, um, I work with uh, a Prince Dykes. He's an individual out in Denver, Colorado, that does financial literacy. And then I've been able to work with select um, educational teachers, paralegals, and professors in these various cities um, to kind of man the whole math and reading. Um, every state is different. Every city kind of goes about it in a different manner. But, you know, we want to be able to be interactive. So when our children are doing these education activities, they're not just sitting with a book or with a tablet, it's kind of on the go. So our, the beginning of a, of a session is more of the, the learning curve. 
Let's learn about it. Let's go over it. Let's get on the chalkboard, or not necessarily chalkboard, get on the dry erase board. And then the the second half of it, let's make it more interactive. Let's have you thinking on the go. So it's kind of like uh, sports with a walkthrough. You've already learned what you need to do. Now it's time to go out on the field and kind of execute it. And that's kind of how we do it with the interaction. They're they're running and jumping, and then they have different math, reading, financial literacy problems that they have to solve. And so although I'm trying to be aggressive and quick in my physical activity, mentally I want to be right. So if I go through my line and I have five questions plus the athletic uh, gauntlet, then if I miss three, did I really win if I was first? You know, so it's it's kind of putting the kid in a, a multi-thought uh, process physically as well as uh, mentally. Mm-hmm. Now, we've been talking about, you know, kids and, and youth and, and without being specific, like what well, what what are the ages that we're talking about? Well, what are, what's the age range that that you typically work with? So the the for during the summer age range goes from seven to seventeen. I don't uh, we don't specifically go hard on the education portion with the the high school athletes. It's more of a Q and A seminar and, a, and an ability for them to kind of um, take more advantage of the mentorship. You know, asking questions, going through maybe things that they're they're dealing with in their own uh, school day activities. But our our activities uh, through the year as well as uh, in the education space is 7 to 13. Um, We split them up in categories uh, as get active. On the physical side, we go get active, beyond the basics, and elite performance. And we we let the parent and the child decide which one they're supposed to be in, you know, and then we'll kind of, you know, lead them to what they may be uh, best at in the first place. Um, it's kind of self-explanatory. Get active is for those kids that really don't have anything to do with sports or, or they just don't know. Uh, beyond the basics is the ones that participate in at least rec sports. And then, of course, the elite performance is the kids that we kind of try to push um, to a, on another level, you know, They're really trying to see exactly uh, how strong they are in their ability. And then educationally, we, we – Keep it simple, second and third, fourth and fifth, sixth through eighth. And that way we can at least um, put kids in likeness of, of ability and of uh, where they should be uh, educationally. Okay. Now, in, well, I was about to say a couple of weeks, but it's actually next week, you are kicking off a 10-city tour. Um, and so uh, why don't you give us all the details about that? I'm sure that's exciting, exhilarating, but also, too, you have a lot of work ahead of you, I'm sure. But why don't you tell us about the 10-city tour that you're about to kick off starting uh, next week? So the Make an Impact Tour uh, is basically a a two-day series of activities where we can interact with the community, where we can have some type of corporate, professional, engagement, and then, of course, have all the time that we need with the kids. And what we've been able to utilize this tour for the last couple years was to really break the ice with certain organizations or groups that we've connected with, as well as be able to kind of put our money where our mouth is, you know. Um, They have basketball, football, baseball camps every uh, year, even through the year. And for us to be able to give something to kids that they can literally take home with them. You know, we can talk about all the things that we need to talk about. We can put uh, different athletic things in front of them so that they can learn. But 
we want them to take this stuff and kind of reuse it. So we have the first day, which is for the corporate crowd. Um, that's our fireside networking social, um, a networking event where we'll have uh, different professionals, community leaders, athletes speaking about uh, a couple different topics, social impact, uh, student athlete development, and then corporate social responsibility, um, really painting that picture of how we all can make an impact, how we all can do things that not only boosts the community, but, of course, it helps these kids um, have a brighter future. And then the second day is dedicated to the kids in the workshops. That's the interactive activity uh, with, with having these breakout sessions for the youth. Parents are encouraged to be involved. That, that's the big one. We want all parents to be involved. Um, or a parent, an aunt, some type of adult, because they can see their child or their uh, sibling being interactive, as well as learn. Like, you know, we don't get to go to school with these kids. Man, math is way different now than what it was <laughs> 10 years ago, let alone 20 years ago. Right. So I think that, you know, when you can do this, when we can laugh, joke, have fun, and still learn something, we, uh, we really change our feelings. You know, we really push it up higher. And so that's what those two days are about. Now, where we come in with the community initiative part is that uh, no matter what the case may be, I always want to be able to help the entire demographic of youth, not just focusing on one end or another. So we try to um, come into the community and work with specific nonprofit groups to allow other kids that can't afford this stuff to be able to participate. And, uh, you know, it puts a little bit more pressure on us as an organization because, of course, we have to make up for that. But at the same time, I'd rather be on the front line than be on the back, and I think it's important. So if the, the things that we want to be able to do in the community is strengthening. And so we try to do as much as we can when it comes to the youth, somewhere between 100 and 200 kids. If, if we can manage to gain more sponsorships and get more people involved, involved then, of course, we want to take that number a little higher. So we, we're doing different things within this, uh, our marketing and advertising to try to get uh, as many kids and as many uh, involved, as much involvement in each community. Sure. Now, and I just want to be clear, you know, by the time this is, airs or it's available, we will be into next week. So the tour kicks off July 26th, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Kansas City, Missouri. Okay, and and what about the other cities? Give us the rundown of the other nine cities that you will be hitting this summer. Yes, sir. So we have uh, we kick it off with Kansas City, and then we um, roll into Memphis, Atlanta, Nashville. Um, after that, we go into Denver, L.A., Dallas, Houston, Chicago. And then we wrap it up in Baltimore, Maryland, at the Under Armour House. Okay. So now, if if there were if there are people out there who are listening who would want to get more information, um, how how should they go about getting it? First and foremost, they need to visit the website uh, digsimpact.org. That's D I G S I M P A C T dot org. Uh, from there, there's, there's everything that you need to click and follow is, is on that website. But we also have our social media pages. Uh, one on Instagram is dig.digusa. That's how they can also find us on Facebook, dig.digusa. And okay. then on Instagram, we have a, a, a second page for our youth, 
which is opref.usa. Got it. So that's for optimum optimum prep, right? Yes, so sir. so if for young people, it's not too late, correct, to to sign to sign up and get involved in one of these cities. No, not at all. Not at all. Matter of fact, uh, the different community initiative groups, you can find their information on the website and you can click it. And nine times out of ten, each city, they understand where they can, which, what that group actually is. And you can contact them uh, if you're not able to afford it. You can contact them and they'll add you to the, uh, to the community initiative list. Um, other than that, we have an Eventbrite and a CrowdRise that we're utilizing uh, that can also be found on the website. All right, good stuff. Now, now, what about what about sponsors and partners? Um, should they access the same platforms you just mentioned, or is there something else that they should do to get involved? Well, I, I completely urge them to check out the website. Um, there's there's a lot of nice things on there that that are very very informative. But they can also reach out to me um, through email, which would probably be the quickest, uh, especially over these next seven days. As you can imagine, will be pretty. Uh, crazy and out of the office, uh, but my email address is rjdavis at digsimpact.org. Give that one more time just in case someone needs to write it down. That's rjdavis at digsimpact.org, D-I-G-S-I-M-P-A-C-T.org. Yeah, I mean, I, I would like to see, and I'm sure you would as well, as many people, as many young people, many as many parents and, and other adult um, community, you already have the communities in place, but sponsors and partners just come out and, and, and be a part of it. As I said, I mean, you know, youth development is, is, is so important. And, you know, as you know, there are, you know, some organizations out there and some individuals out there who have taking youth development they just want to make money off of it right um but when you have something that's truly looking to develop not just the athlete but the whole person um you know those are the types of efforts you know that we want to see be supported and so um you know i want everyone who's listening to this to if you're in any of these cities or know anyone in these cities tell the kids to sign up the parents and uh, hopefully partners are out there as well listening and will be a part of what you're doing. Hey, hey Ron, why don't you, um, how have things been in, in terms of the re- responses in these cities? I mean, you've been at this for a little while now. So generally speaking, you know, how have, you know, how have the cities, the parents, the, the youth responded to your programming? Well, we, we've had roughly uh, an 85% turnover um, from the, the areas that we've been able to visit multiple times. Our ultimate goal, of course, is to work with different organizations. We would love to be able to provide different mentors and professionals that we um, are connected with in these cities with the with the school districts and just being able to provide something that um, doesn't, doesn't take a whole lot but uh, coordinating. Uh, right now we have six cities that we are going through this coordination process for, for 2019 and being able to, you know, make sure we can man each of these areas, make sure we can fund each of these areas or each of these cities. And so right now the biggest thing that we are pushing is, is, is participation. You know, we got this headline, it's more than one way to make an impact. And at the end of the day, you can either uh, provide time, resources, or 
um, funds to help maintain these type of things, that's definitely what it's going to take um, because we definitely have a lot of quality people uh, in, in, in pretty good um, spaces that want to see it fulfilled. And so th this tour going into the fall, all of these things are going to lead to ultimately having uh, multiple uh, activities on a on a day to day basis in these areas. Hmm. That would be great. That would be great. So so the make an impact tour starting on July twenty sixth. And when does it when does it close out? Uh, it'll close out August twenty seventh in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, it'll kick off the twenty sixth um, out in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, we're utilizing the uh, Sporting KC Rangers field out there, and then we'll finish up in Baltimore, Maryland at the Under Armour House and at Patterson Park uh, Field. So it's going to be uh, very, very hot. We'll, be, we'll have hydration stations. We'll be able to <laughs> make sure. sure that the kids are cool and that the parents are cool, and we will do uh, – I feel we're going to do great things. This is a big year for us. Well, I, I, I'm looking forward to it, and, and you know, I, I'm sure, Ron, we'll, we'll, we'll touch base after the tour is over and you get a chance to get a breather and, you know, I, I'd love to be filled in on, on how everything went, but, you know, I'm, you know, I, I really, you know, am encouraged by, by what you're doing and, you know, just wish you all the best with it. And so um, the make an impact tour is coming up July 26th through August 27th in the 10 cities that Ron mentioned. Ron, I, I really do appreciate you taking some time and, because I know you're busy with so much going on and less than a week to go before you kick it off. And I, I do appreciate you coming on and, and sharing with us all the great things that you're doing. Yeah, it's a pleasure, man. I, I appreciate the support. I appreciate all the positivity that you bring to uh, to me and to the organization. And, it all, you know, when, by the time we get to the spring, we need to figure out how we can get New Jersey on the list. Yeah. Uh, I know the folks up there definitely appreciate uh, the, the type of activities that we provide. Sure. I mean, because it's, it's needed all across the country and, and, our, you know, obviously we'll, we'll have our opportunity John, to, to talk about how we can do some things together to, I'm going to steal your line, Ron, to make an impact. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. We want to make it catchy, man. We want, we want it to become a, uh, something that is, is definitely looked at and looked for, you know, for, right. for all of the greatness. So I definitely appreciate it, man. You have a great sure. weekend. Yeah, well, listen again. Thanks for stopping by, and and um, we'll we'll be catching up soon after after the tour is over, and you give me that recap. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Have a good one. Okay, you too. Thanks, Ron. Ron Davis is doing the best he can, using all the resources available to him to make a difference in the lives of young people through sports. To find out more about Ron and the various programs he's developed to make an impact, go to digsimpact.org. That's D-I-G-S-I-M-P-A-C-T.org. You'll find out more about Ron's overall programming and the 10 City Make an Impact Tour that kicks off on July 26th. Well, it's been good visiting with you again. Thanks for making Sports 360 part of your day. If you enjoy the podcast, leave us a comment and let us know. It will encourage our hearts. For now, Scully and I have been cleared for takeoff. I would invite you to come along and ride on a fantastic voyage, but you don't know that song. 
so I have to leave without you. But I promise to return to Earth real soon with another interesting and informative guest on the next edition of Sports 360.